And we are live. Welcome, 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 everyone, all my Bitcoin friends from around the world. Welcome to the show. Today is the 5th of May 2022. As we go live, uh, I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin master, back as always with my Thursday show. For those of you finding the channel for the first time, I go live every Monday and every Thursday at 6 p.m. UK time. Uh, Sometimes I've got guests. Sometimes I do a typical new show. And today I'm very excited that I've got a guest uh, to uh, chat to you all with. So hopefully you'll get something from this. As the uh, thumbnail said, definitely a Bitcoin maxi this one, people. You'll get that when we hold this uh, conversation. If you are new, check out the disclaimer below because this is not a channel for financial advice. It is me, a boomer from the UK, sounding off twice a week about my thoughts around Bitcoin. So do your own research. Uh, There are 422 videos up on ukbitcoinmaster.com currently, as well as quite a few Bitcoin bits, which are short two or three minute clips. And once this one's over, I'm sure we'll do a short clip to entice more people to find the show. So if you want to check out my work since April 2018, ukbitcoinmaster.com. If you want to check out the interviews only, and I've interviewed some great thought leaders in the space, Greg Foss, Preston Pish. Um, we'll have this one with Nico as well. Adam Meister, BTC Sessions, Vortex, uh, Ansel Lindner. I can go right back, people. Um, many more. And so check them out because these people lend credibility to what I'm saying, because what do I know as a regular guy that drove trucks for most of his work in life? So um, that is why I do these interviews. So you can... Um, hear from these people, their backgrounds, how they got orange peeled, what they initially thought about it, where they're at now, where they see it going. And I'm going to be discussing exactly the same uh, with Nico as we go through uh, the show. So very, very quickly, I want to quickly head over to the desktop and have a quick look at the price. If any of you have been watching the price and you've seen that um, couple of grand drop this afternoon or this morning, wherever you are in the world, and you're freaking out, then you're 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 a fiat thinker. You're thinking in crappy fiat currency. One bitcoin is one bitcoin. What one bitcoin will always equal one bitcoin. And I've got this five-year chart, people, for a reason. And this is the reason. If I go over to the left and we talk of five years previously, you got a Bitcoin price around $1,485. Five years on, even with everything going on, we got a 37,000 Bitcoin. Try putting that fiat money in a bank and getting that type of return in five years. It simply is not happening. So, If you're going to buy Bitcoin, you need to be holding it for at least five years, in my opinion. If you're younger than me, 10 years, 15, 20 years, dollar cost averaging. And I'm telling you, you will not go far wrong. So uh, very, very quickly, let me just go over to the chat for a moment and give a shout out to some of the regulars. My lovely wife, Elaine, Mrs. UK is in the house. Honey, thanks for your support. As always, UK Bitcoin farmer, my nephew, welcome. John Gravitz in the house. We've got Joseph, Joseph, I can, Joseph, I really struggle. Uh, Rotniak, I think it is. Welcome to you. Patriot Hoddles in the house. Uh, Zaza, good to see you. I know you can't stay, but thanks for dropping in here anyway. Same with you, uh, Yorkie Bitcoiner. Now, people, I've got a few windows going on here. So if you want to get my attention, if you specifically would like to ask Nico a question, it is simple. Type in 
UK Bitcoin Master, exactly as it says it next to my um, picture, and then your message. It will light up bright orange for me, and I will gladly give you a shout out or ask Nico your question. Okay, so we need to get over back to the desktop. Hold on a second. Let me just uh, get this window changed. There we go. So um, what I'm going to quickly put up now is I'm going to do this at the front end instead of the back end. I do not run this show for any type of financial gain. But I want you all to start practicing moving sats around using a lightning wallet. And you can use any of these addresses to send a few sats to one of my addresses. Now, somebody sent the other day 50 sats and it was two cents. So you're not going to make me rich by sending a few sats. What I want you to do is practice moving Bitcoin around on layer two, which is the payment rails that ultimately I believe is how we will move um, goods and services money around in the future without touching Bitcoin on the base layer. So go back, press pause, try one of these out, try Wallet of Satoshi, Moon Wallet. There are many others, Blue Wallet, others, great wallets. Um, check them out. So without further ado, what I want to do now is introduce my guest. Now, I've put Nico's um, Twitter up so you can see that he is a pleb psychopath. I love that. And if you don't know what that's about, maybe we'll talk about that uh, on the show. Um, he is the host of Simply Bitcoin TV. His website is bitvault.com. Uh, I think, um, Nico, you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong shortly, um, which is the one that you share with Phil. You, I won't hear you at the moment. You're muted. But you can tell me. I think it's Simply Bitcoin on YouTube. Uh, so uh, nearly 16,000 followers, people. I'd encourage you to go and follow Nico on um Twitter, maybe check these out as well. All of his all of his info that you need is on Twitter anyway. So do check him out. So without further ado, Nico, welcome to the show. I'm super happy to be here, man. This is awesome. I love your your whole setup. It's really cool. I've never seen something like this. <laughs> well, I did say check it out, and it is really worth checking it out, I can tell you. And I love it. Now the only thing is my lovely wife is in the house will tell you that a couple of hours leading up to the show she stays away because <laughs> you get everything set up and then something invariably goes wrong and it's literally i think five minutes before you and i connected all of a sudden my camera settings went awol and all you could see was the word boomer and i zoomed in a hundred times and i didn't touch it and had to reboot the whole flipping system again so yeah it's great it's it's brilliant um but yeah there's a, there's a lot to focus on uh look nico welcome to the show um I have followed what you have to say um, on shows like Bitcoin Meisters and BCC Sessions, Why Are We Bullish and others. Um, I've sort of stuck my nose in and had a look at your Simply Bitcoin TV and, oh crikey, some of the, some of the stuff you guys uh, talk about on there just goes way over my head. I know you get an expert in and so on and so forth, but um, I guess um, what I want to do, what, what I like to do just to explain is, it's like a three-pronged attack. My show is about, I, I want somebody that's finding my channel by Googling to maybe find a channel where it's not so heavy that within five minutes they've gone off somewhere else. I want them to stay. And I think the more um, hardened Bitcoiners that I can get to tell the story of what did they do before Bitcoin? What was the orange pill moment like for, for them? You know, your rabbit hole journey, you know, where you're at now after, you know, you and I have been in the, the space the same amount of time, you, about a year longer than me, and where you see Bitcoin playing out in the future. I think that will give 
our audience a lot of value. So, Nico, if you wouldn't mind, I'd be really intrigued, and I'm sure my audience would as well, um, to know a little bit about you, your background, schooling. You and I had a a conversation around it um, offline, which I found really interesting because it's so in alignment with my thoughts around school. So I'm going to put you on full screen. I'm going to be quiet, and I'm going to let you talk to my audience a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, so, uh, look, I, 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 I came into, so let me back up a little bit. Um, unlike a lot of the older, uh, you know, the, the older Bitcoiners, I, I kind of came into it with n- not really dealing with the traditional financial system as much. So I kind of went straight into Bitcoin, um, so it, cool. it gave me it gave me a little bit of a unique perspective because I, I talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh, you know, the stocks and this and that, you know, I, I kind of just went straight in and I, I skipped a lot of the legacy financial system stuff. Now, in, in, in terms of my background, um, look, I, I dropped out of I dropped out of school. Uh, I, you know, the my my in terms of my professional career before I got into Bitcoin, I I worked in uh, commercial real estate. I had a bunch of you know failed startups that I, I, I tried doing. Um, my I, I grew up uh, relatively wealthy. I had a I had a wealthy family. Then the two thousand eight financial crisis happened. Um, mm-hmm. It it basically bankrupted my parents. My parents divorced. My yeah. my dad disappeared for a while. Uh, so I, I I was very disillusioned with the financial system. Um, when I got into Bitcoin was in 2016 and essentially what happened was i was in a very bad moment in my life i was just desperate just to get out of my situation i was i was living on my friend's couch and uh, i was working a minimum wage job uh you know unlike in europe where there are some benefits right in america it's you know just figure it out which in my opinion i think that's a good thing but it just adds kind of to the misery of it and i was just so desperate to to get out of it and um, that's when uh, my cousin came over and uh, I'm originally from Venezuela. So it's very common in Miami where you have a lot of Latin immigrants here. And my cousin came from Venezuela to visit me and visit me in the apartment. And I said, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm mining this uh, this magic Internet money with these machines. <laughs> and I'm like, tell me everything about it. Um, so at that point, uh, you know, Basically, a couple months later, I, I quit that job. I I maxed out uh, my credit cards. I uh, you know I borrowed as much money as I could from my mom, from my ex girlfriend, and I got on a plane to Venezuela. I just flew over there and I just bought Bitcoin and I went to my uncle and he was um, he he was the one mining and my cousin was uh, was working for him. And I said, "Listen, tell me everything." I need to know. Uh, teach me. Can I have a, a job? He says, "Listen, I'm not going to pay you anything, but I'll teach you." Yep. And that's how I, you know, I got a little bit of of experience in mining. And w- something really interesting happened, which was at that moment in history, Venezuela was enduring the beginnings of of hyperinflation, and this was really before the economy dollarized. So essentially, the the opportunity there if you weren't using their currency was insane because the government like governments always do they try to control the inflation through pi- price fixing so they would have an official exchange rate 
but the actual free market, the black market rate was significantly cheaper. So it created a situation where the bills would come, your electricity bills would come, but they would be in the official rate, not the black market rate, which is the actual value of the currency. So it created a moment where for a couple of years, it was essentially you were mining Bitcoin for free, mm. right? Yeah. But then the government started to find out, not the official state government, but people working for the government, they started figuring out, hey, if I take one of these machines and I plug in it at home, I'll make more in a month than I'll do in my regular job. <laughs> and that creates a very strong incentive. So they started figuring out we would ship machines to Venezuela and essentially these people would just steal it and the customs, they would just take it. So the security situation started getting hairy. The government was saying all this crazy language, like we're just going to ban Bitcoin, which doesn't work, but it's scary when the people with guns, the people that have a monopoly on violence are like, yeah, you know, we're just going to take it. So it started getting a little hairy. Um, and I got very lucky in the sense where I was the only one, uh, I was the only American citizen out of my uncle's partners. And through a connection that I made in commercial real estate years before, essentially how it works is your clients would send you their properties and, you know, a little spec sheet. And yeah. in one of the properties, there was a giant transformer outside. It was a 500,000 square foot, like it was an old pantyhose factory. And I told, I went up to him as an older gentleman already made his money. I said, Hey, have you ever heard of Bitcoin mining? He's like, no, what is that? So I essentially took all of my uncle's friends, which are very scared of, you know, continuing mining in Venezuela. And I moved them and I moved them to, uh, to, uh, South Carolina. And I've been doing that ever since, uh, wow. it, it, it sucked tremendously 2018, 2019, uh, 2020, 2021, things started to pick up to the point where I was full time. Like I, I, it, it didn't make sense working in real estate anymore. Um, and then. 2022 really really 2021 2022 i was like it's very passive like it's very difficult setting everything up but it gets to a point where you could just hire people have people there and you're kind of just dealing with clients right which yeah. is it it's i wouldn't say it's 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 light work it's still work but it you you still need things to do throughout the day is what i'm trying to say and yeah. um yeah. that gave me time where i was like okay uh what should I do? You know, and I was like, let me start a a podcast. But the, the podcast field in Bitcoin is heavily saturated. Uh, I think that the whole video thing hasn't been fully it hasn't been fully established. So I said, let me start a uh, a YouTube show. Like, why not? Uh, mm -hmm. So I approached a fellow podcaster. I went on a show. Uh, I said, hey, this is. I pitched him the idea. He absolutely loved it. And to my surprise, the community completely embraced it. Uh, it got me invited to speak at a couple conferences, the one in 2022, the one in 2021, and a couple other more hardcore Bitcoin conferences, you know. So apparently, I guess we're doing something right. I don't know. We, we, we're a little fun. You know, we don't take ourselves too seriously, right? Um, but apparently, it's, it's very appreciated. And honestly, like, I can't be more blessed to work in Bitcoin is... I think it's a tremendous privilege. And, uh, you know, I, I, Bitcoin gave me my life back. Uh, my life was miserable before it. Um, so, you know, I always give back with my hash rate and my content, 
you know, that's that's the best that I could do. So I know it's not a long career like a lot of your other guests and that I'm, I'm you know, I'm relatively young. I'm about to turn 30. Uh, like I said, this is all I know, really. Uh, before that, you know, I, I, I tried the whole school thing. I dropped out, uh, had a couple failed startups. Uh, I worked in commercial real estate, very boring stuff. I did make some good connections, though, I might say that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's basically my background. <laughs> that, well, to me, that's fascinating because, you know, I wasn't aware of any of that. You know, I've heard you you know, when you've been on Benny's show or Adam's show or something and, you know, you're sort of ranting about the, the way a maxi, you know, let's, let's call them maxi rants if they believe that everything else is crap. Um, and I wasn't aware of any of that. So let, let's just narrow that down a bit for a minute. So I still want to know the moment. I know you said you sort of just went straight into Bitcoin, but w- what was the mindset like when you first saw it did you just embrace it and go with it were you skeptical did you need uh, let, before you answer that let me tell you where i was at <clears throat> my wife and i had retired down to a tiny set of islands just off the north tip of africa called the canary islands and we were going to live our life out in the sun you know we done okay and all of a sudden i get a phone call out of the blue from an old business contact of mine and he for, for an hour and three quarters it started off what do you know about bitcoin and i said or what the hell's that? And then he said, have you never heard of cryptocurrency? And it was like, well, what's that? So for nearly two hours, he tried to orange pill us. And me, I was like diving onto YouTube. But my lovely wife is an analyst. Her, you know, th- there are people that analyze everything. So when you say something to them, they say, why? Why is that? It's not being obstinate. It's just they analyze things. Yeah. And so she kept coming back. So what's in it for you? And anyway, we went through this process all afternoon. And I think by the end of that afternoon, even though it's a total nightmare, I think I'd bought two Bitcoins on local Bitcoins like there, you know, within within three hours. It was a bit of a nightmare doing that KYC, I have to say. But we not KYC. Sorry, you were holding up the bit of card saying I'm Biden, buying it for my own investment. Da da da. And um, anyway, I got through it. Um, so for me, Nico, um, I bought a load of Bitcoin in 2017 at those prices in May, which anyone can go and find out about 2K. And then more in 2018 at 5K. And then I'm just sitting and holding. Um, so I did not they say understand bitcoin when you who you know they say whoever it is michael Saylor, someone you know when you've done 100 hours you're you're red you're orange peeled you're down the rabbit hole and you know the more you know the more you'll stack but me i had this fear of missing out from that first phone call where if i don't get some by today the price is going up tomorrow and of course what i then did and i want you to tell me how it was for you that's the the, the idea of this what i then did i was trying to orange pill all my family all the way up to 20k and some of them were buying bits of bitcoin at the top and i didn't understand the epoch the four-year halvings i understood none of it all i felt and i still feel today is passionately that over a couple of decades, five decades, whatever it is, Bitcoin is going to change the world out of all recognition. And I almost got that from day one. So I really want to know what it was like for you, that moment. What was the, Was there a moment? How was that moment? Was it a call? Were you on the internet? I know you said it, but I want to sort of drill down and find out a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I... 
So I've been educating people on Bitcoin for six years now to answer your question, right? Yep. Um, and one yep. of the things that I've noticed is there's two, the, there's the Western countries, the developed countries, and then there's the developing countries. What you notice in the Western countries is one of the first reactions that you get from people is, why is this needed? I have PayPal, I have, you know, the financial rails. Developing countries, you pitch them Bitcoin and you say, hey, a non-government currency that can't be confiscated, can't be debased. They're like, where do I sign up? Why am Banking I saying the that? unbanked. Yep. Correct. Why am I saying that? They adopt Bitcoin through because of desperation out of necessity. I wouldn't say it was necessary for me, but I still adopted Bitcoin out of desperation. I hated the, the place I was in my life at that time. I saw it as a way out. I, to be frank, I thought I was going to get rich, right? The old saying, you you come to get rich, you stay for the revolution. Yep. And then obviously, you know, you, you just follow your own incentives, right? The more of your net worth is in Bitcoin, the more questions you're going to ask about your investment. Right. So I, I started asking questions. And here's the thing. This is why I mentioned this earlier on. Right. I skipped the whole legacy system in the sense that I didn't dabble in it very much. I, yeah. I, it was I was disillusioned by it. So for me, I didn't have to unlearn a lot of the things that people have to unlearn because they've been plugged into the fiat matrix. The older you are, the worse it is. You've been accustomed to a system your entire life, and now there's an alternative parallel system, and you're just, and especially if you've benefit, benefited from the fiat system, you're like, but why? You know, like, why does that need to exist? Like, I don't understand it. So for me, I, I guess I was lucky in the sense that I was able to skip all of that, and I went straight to Bitcoin, and then I, and then I got to take a look at the at the fiat system, and then I got to understand the fiat system. I'm like, how the hell do people actually use this? This is insane. This is crazy. Uh, so, I hope that answers your question. I, I just I I really so you got adopted it. it. You got I it. I really well. adopted it. I was I was desperate. I was just desperate. I wanted to get out of my situation. I didn't have any other options, mm. and I'm very glad I made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> no no and i get that because you know so, some people they just don't get it and no matter how you try to explain it they just don't get it and one of the frustrating things for me is you know i everywhere i go i want to try and orange peel someone if i can help one more person escape can i say what's coming none of us know what's coming but you know if you if you start to delve in and understand these these cycles i think mark moss talks of 80 year cycles and in every three of them there's a 240 year revolution it almost looks like th th there's this revolution this renaissance is going to take place that is going to completely disrupt the world it's going to turn the world upside down and right now you know we're being viewed as crazy when maybe we're not the crazy ones, the masses are following, you know, the government narratives. And it's just, it's so, it's so soul destroying to see how they keep, a look, I believe that for Bitcoin to be the future of money and to change the world, it's got to withstand every single attack that is thrown at it. I really believe that. But it's so frustrating when you know there is something here that is fair to the common man, fair to everyone. 
and yet all they want to do is create wars, go and kill people. I don't want to get into Russia and all the rest of it, but they want to send billions and billions and billions, you know, so they can go and kill more people, you know, when, you know, fix the money, fix the world. So, you know, I guess what is your what are you hoping to see out of Bitcoin coming to existence in terms of making the world a better place? So obviously, you know, you, you free mankind from the tyranny of central banking. And there is really two systems available for money. There's central banking and then there's Bitcoin. Um, Shitcoins will kind of give this illusion that it's like, oh, we're an alternative. No, they're not. That humans control the monetary policy. Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency where somehow Satoshi figured out how to separate the monetary policy out of the hands of human beings. Right. That That's just the reality of it. Um, now, in terms of the chaos that's happening, there's two things that are happening right now. Uh, we are living through the disintermediation of information and the disintermediation of money. And it's causing complete and utter chaos. The, this intermediation of, of, of information is fascinating because essentially, and you and you see this, right? You see this on Twitter. You see this with the government narrative. They're trying to centralize power and more and more. They're trying to label anything that doesn't fit with them misinformation. And essentially what's happening is this. The internet gave the average Joe to do their own research. So the credentialed expert, the so-called academic, the so-called government intellectual is being made a total mockery of by millions of people in a decentralized manner and just following their own incentives, doing their own research because of the Internet, being able to go on Twitter and have millions of people talk amongst each other and come to their own conclusion. And yep. the government had a total monopoly on that. Yep. If the internet was around for 2003, 2002. The UK and the United States would not have been able to sell the public on the fact that Iraq had mass, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, I agree. They're losing that capability and they're freaking out, right? These bureaucrats that have been used to this for so long. And then all of a sudden it's like you could fact check them in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. They tell you, you know, I don't want to get into this because of YouTube, but let's say the sickness that's happening in the world, right? To, you know, brush upon it. They're telling you certain things, but they've been very wrong. And yep. if they, if you tell them that they're wrong, they gaslight you. Hmm. It's like they, they've been so used to this power. They've, they've just abused it, right? Abused it completely. And they never thought they were going to be challenged. And the internet is challenging them, which is why they're censoring. And now you add into the mix, which I think is it's it's it, it's funny how life works, right? You add into the mix the disinter the disintermediation of money as well, <laughs> and it's just causing chaos. The IMF is complaining that El Salvador is is adopting Bitcoin. The Central African Republic is adopting Bitcoin. They don't know what to do. They're I like, think that's what because they're this? scared, Nico. I think it's of because course. it's a real they're threat now. They're, they're absolutely terrified. They're losing control in the narrative and they're losing control in the money. And they don't know what to do. They have no idea because essentially the return on violence that they used to have isn't as great when it comes to the Internet. Right. It's a lot harder to put millions of people in jail because they have their own ideas. It's a lot harder. Right. To put to capture and seize the wealth of millions of people storing their own private keys, transacting amongst each other, 
Yeah. And they don't know because they're so used to relying on the monopoly of violence. They're so used to relying on these systems of control that worked in the analog world. Right. But now in the dawn of the information age, those systems of control don't have the same return that they used to. But it doesn't mean that these bureaucrats that have been drunk on power for decades are going to try. And a lot of the scary stuff that's happening, the clown world, the reaction from legacy media that also benefited from the monopoly of, of, of information. And then the the essentially the attempts by governments to say, if it doesn't come from off, it's misinformation. A lot of people see that as scary. The way that I see it is that's the last attempt that these bureaucrats are, this is their last go at yeah. trying to centralize power in order to maintain control. And in my opinion, it, it, it's a losing battle. It, 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 it's a losing cause, but they're not going to not try. They're not going to go gently into that good night. You're going to try to retain that power. So, mm. yeah, it's very scary the times that we're going on right now. But honestly, I think that if you do enough research, if you do your homework, right, if, if, you, if your unit of account is Bitcoin, then personally, and I've, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, I've never been so optimistic about the future. Just I like, think that once we get over this hill, I think that humanity is going to enter an age of prosperity, the likes of which we've never seen before as a species. Mm. No, I, I, I tend to agree with you totally. So let's talk about what's going on with the markets right now. Now, I'm not, I'm not worried about price. You zoom out and Bitcoin's in a total bull market for 13 years. But, you know, when we look at and I always try to educate people on what went before the four year epochs, you know, to simplify it, you'd have a halving, you'd get a bull run the next year, then you get a huge correction and maybe a couple of years in a bear market till another halving. Uh, that's not happening now. Um, I know that obviously in 2017, we had all the ICO mania and, you know, they disappeared eventually. Now we've got the NFTs. I mean, I don't understand any of that, Nico. You know, why somebody would go and pay millions for a picture of a monkey or whatever it might be. I don't get that. I don't see how that adds value to the world. I just see that as something that's a different play on maybe the ICO world. And I think a load of these coins, NFTs and everything, I think I heard, oh, I can't think what his name was, but I think it was Invest Answers. He said, we need, no, it wasn't him, it was someone else. We need a massive flush out of thousands of coins because only the strong are going to really survive. Now, then you talk of the strong, in my belief is only one there's only one and that's Bitcoin. So you've got a you've got Ethereum and these Solana and all these other things that they're doing something completely different to Bitcoin. And I have totally and utterly no interest in them, no interest in learning about them, no interest in, you know, when somebody says, well, you ought to learn about them. There's a way to make some money. I want to keep my money in the hardest, soundest asset stroke money the world has ever seen and is ever likely to see. So what is making what what is causing this in 2022, this totally erratic Bitcoin price manipulation uh, futures what, what is in Europe I don't know I'm just asking the question do you have any thoughts around it yeah it's, it's a great question so I think that um, so what a lot of people missed right um, is that Bitcoin went endured 
and survived and got stronger, I might add. The big, I would not as big as the Fork Wars. The Fork Wars were terrifying, but I would say a close second, one of the biggest stress tests China. ever. Yes. China banned Bitcoin mining within its borders. The hash rate dropped 50%. Bitcoin yeah. had the largest difficulty adjustment in its history 28.9%. Yeah. <laughs> and because of the incentives of Bitcoin, the hash rate recovered and now it's making all time highs right now, right? Isn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> But it, it, it took the steam, the momentum out of the price, right? So it, after the hash rate dropped, the price dropped 50%, right? And then it recovered slowly. So I think it, it took the momentum out of it. I, I really think that Bitcoin was destined to hit 100K last year, end of last year. Um, I think that it just delayed it, in my opinion. Um, now, in terms of the fundamentals, Bitcoin's never been stronger. The hash rate is making an all-time high. Yeah. The amount of nodes joining a network comes at all-time high. The amount of users coming on the network is all-time high. And the amount of countries that have made it legal tender. There's two, Central African Republic, El Salvador, but also I would say even Panama. The, the Panama law is even more better in my opinion because it leaves it up to the individual to decide whether they want to use that as a currency or not. But yeah. they can use it as a currency, which yeah. is I think that's even better, right? And no capital gains. I like that, right? Everyone makes a big deal about legal tender, but I like that more. Yeah, um, so I, I would say it's three countries, really. So if you look at the fundamentals of Bitcoin, it's never been stronger. It's stronger right now, today, than it was at the all-time high last November. So I, I'm, you know, like people talk about the price and all that. I'm extremely bullish for the end of the year. I think we're going to see all-time highs. Uh, I'm extremely bullish for uh uh next year the beginning of next year the 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 middle of next year and then i think we'll have a, a correction before the next halving so i think it's just the momentum got kind of sucked out of it uh in terms of the price but if you look at the fundamentals they've never been stronger now why is the price going down well bitcoin has a very strong correlation with the stock market and right now uh the federal reserve which is basically the central bank of the world um as much as even though people don't say that, right? And, you know, but it, 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 what the Federal Reserve has global does has global consequences. And essentially, they printed a ton of money, right? That obviously caused inflation. They gaslit it, gaslit us for a year saying it's transitory. That's not going to cause inflation. There's this thing called monetary, modern monetary theory. That was all BS, right? Um, and now... It looks extremely damaging politically for the Biden administration. And essentially, the, the, the Fed, right, is trying to take uh, inflation under control. But the problem that they have is their only tool, which is to raise rates, is essentially going to take the Thank steam the out of the economy, mm -hmm. right, which is what's happening right now. It yep. brings down the NASDAQ, brings down the S&P. And because there's such a direct correlation with that and Bitcoin, it's brought it's brought down the price of Bitcoin. I think there's going to be a decoupling. But I was going to say my next question was: Do you think there'll be a decoupling? And any idea when? Not any idea when that might happen. What might cause it? Because we've got some I big think, players that are sat on the sidelines waiting, aren't they? I, I think that there's absolutely going to be a decoupling. I don't know when it's going to happen, but hmm. I'll tell you what: I, I think that the Fed is not going to have a choice but to continue printing money, which means more inflation, right? But it, it, look, it, they don't have a good solution right now. They crash the market, control inflation, but they destroy the economy, or they keep printing money, which means more inflation. There is no good choice politically. This looks very bad on the current administration because, listen, people vote with their wallets. That's just the reality of it. People don't vote 
with, okay, you know, I like this guy's at, at the end of the day, ideologies and personal social issues, whatever you believe don't matter when you can't put food on the table. Absolutely. And right now yeah. we are getting to a place where people are like, why is this so expensive? This is absolutely insane. So they have tremendous amount of pressure. I think this is going to end in disaster. They don't have the tools that they had during the last time America went through something like this, which is the 1970s uh, but, and but, early but 80s. It's, it's the whole of the world now, isn't it? It's not just Correct. one continent or another continent. It's all of them at once. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, because the U.S. is the global reserve currency, what the central bank of the U.S. does has global consequences, yep. right? So, yep. it, you know, if, if the U.S. dollar is inflating, if the U.S. dollar is in trouble, the whole world is in trouble because essentially because it's the world reserve currency, central banks all around the world hold U.S. dollars, right? That's just how it is. Yep. So, yeah. And the U.S., when they print, it's not that the U.S. government gets poorer. They're outsourcing a lot of that poverty. And everyone else who's holding dollars is like, okay, right? So that's why I focus so much on the Federal Reserve, even though it's totally a worldwide issue. The Federal Reserve is the central bank of the world. Whether you like it or not, you know, however you feel about America, that's just the reality of it. Well, it's really interesting in you say world. that because since I've got into Bitcoin, you know, I thought, well, why do I need to measure this in dollars you know why i'm i'm in british pounds but you're right i'm now following everything the federal reserve are doing because it's from the top down from them isn't it yes it, whatever they do uh they usually they're the they're the last bank this last central bank that starts cutting corners so the negative interest rates started in europe i, I believe in uk it's around zero percent right it, it, it think you know how absurd that is and I know that when just you gone were, up today, one percent. There you go. So they're trying to incentivize people, and they're talking right? of ten percent inflation by the end of this year. Yeah. It, it, it's it's absolute ludicrousy. So essentially, if you're holding dollars, right, or you're holding fiat in a bank account, you're paying the bank. <laughs> so for the privilege of them holding your money, so that they could lend it out to other people and make money off your money, but you still have to pay them. It is they've stretch this system as long as humanly possible there is no more wiggle room oh, i agree and i suspect that a lot of the insanity that's going on in the world right now is the fact that governments know that the gig is up they know that they're you know the old expression just kick the can down on the road yep yep we're reaching down the road there is no more road to kick the can down so my generation uh, the millennials and Zoomers, we are Russian serfs. They, they even say they have the nerve to even advertise this in the famous World Economic Forum thing. You'll own nothing and be happy. They're telling you what they think of you. It's insane. Disgusting so, is a better word. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. So for so for our generation, my generation, we don't have another option. Yeah. It's either Bitcoin or slavery. And as time progresses. And they launch their dystopian uh, central bank digital currencies. You're going to have to pick and choose between whether you want slightly inconvenient freedom, which is Bitcoin, or whether you want convenient but slave slavery money central bank digital currencies. That's the future we're heading towards. We and as time goes on, that line is going to become less and less obfuscated. 
So, it, 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 and this is where we have to take a stand. This is where my generation has to take a stand. We say, listen, I don't want that anymore. You broke the system. You printed more money. I'm going to take my work, my time, my energy, and I'm going to opt out of your system. The most revolutionary thing that you could do is take your work, your energy, your time, put it into Bitcoin and take it out of their system. Yeah, I agree. Take self-custody and you are literally defunding them. You're defunding them and there's absolutely nothing they could do. They'll, you know, what they're trying to do right now, the current fight, um, and it's playing out, right, is they're they're trying to demonize self-custody. In Europe, they're actually basically criminalizing self-custody. So they're making it very difficult for you to take your money out, which you know how insane that is? Mm. It's your money, your time, you worked for it, but the central planners still don't want you to get out of their system, which shows you how they feel about you. They feel like they own you. They feel like they were they own your time. They own your energy. Right. Which is, so, which is why I'm literally day by day, week by week, checking what I've got in my checking account and the money for bills. And no more is in there than needs to be. I've got a shadow yep. bank. And the idea is I want to be able to say if anything happens and, and, you know, we live in the West and we believe most people think, oh, that won't happen here. We won't get hyperinflation. We won't get bank bail-ins. We won't get any of that stuff. I want to be in a position, um, Nico, where if they did that and said we're moving to a central bank digital currency, I could simply say, keep what's in there. I don't want it. And then I'll yeah. just move to a Bitcoin standard. You yeah. know, and, however and that would be. And I'm, not going into, I'm not going into their surveillance coin. Of course. And the beauty of it, because you, you have your wealth in Bitcoin, you're going to get to pick and choose what country or what jurisdiction treats you best. Yes. So if they, because that's the, that's how they had you, you know, like they had you before you did. It was very difficult to just move your, get up and go. But with Bitcoin, it's like, so you guys are going to do the whole, you know, crazy dystopian you know communist society with the central bank digital currencies good luck with that i'm gonna go to el salvador you guys have fun <laughs> and you'll see more and more people take that option if they take self-custody of their bitcoin if they, they choose to opt out i think that and, and this is unfortunate that the countries that most benefit from the legacy financial system like europe like the uk like the united states they're gonna fight tooth and nail to try to keep that system alive because it just pays all the bureaucrats. I'm very bullish and very optimistic on the United States because of how the system of government is structured. So each individual state has tremendous amount of sovereignty over the federal government. Yeah. So the federal government, they'll say, uh, hey, you know, we're been a, we're going to ban Bitcoin. I suspect just like the marijuana industry in the United States, where California, Colorado, marijuana is still illegal on the federal level. But those states that have giant marijuana businesses, because on a state level, it's still legal. Yeah. Florida, Texas, Wyoming, they're going to fight tooth and nail because they're just following their own incentives to keep the businesses, the Bitcoin business alive. So even on the federal level, right, which I think would be political suicide at this point, right? If you get that one crazy president like, listen, let's executive order, let's make Bitcoin. <laughs> I suspect there's going to be a couple states that are just like, yeah, have fun. 
And then everyone that has Bitcoin is just going to move to those states, meaning those states get wealthier and they get all the business. It's very so much about they, going where you're treated best again. Right. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can stop it. You know, it's got to be a, a collective attack globally on the world to yes. say we're stopping yes. it. And then go, good luck searching for all the nodes. Good luck finding my node. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and shutting all the nodes off. I mean, it's just, it just is not going to happen. Um, shout wait, out wait. Bitcoin Meister is in the house in Wyoming. Adam, good to see you in the show, man carry on carry on <clears throat> so with with all the insanity happening right now and the you know the all the global issues right because you're absolutely right they have to be a global coordinated attack by governments all working together so you're trying to tell me that russia iran is gonna work with the united states <laughs> it's not gonna happen you're telling me that china is going to work with the United States to, to collude, to do something. It's like it, 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 politics takes care of it. And you kind of, you see this with uh, the Europe, uh, McGinnis is her name, right? She recently released an article that said, we need to have a coordinated effort to regulate uh, crypto, to use her words. And you actually look at a tweet she said the year before, she literally openly said, hey, I want to ban anonymous crypto wallets, which basically means self-custody. But you could tell a year later she's coming to the conclusion, oh, crap, if I just ban it, people are just going to leave. They're going to find other ways to opt out. This needs to be a worldwide thing or this is not going to work, right? So, And, of course, she's changing her language now. She's not mentioning banning uh, uh, crypto wallets. So the whole thing is just funny, and I think that a lot of these politicians are going to have to come to terms with the fact that, hey, you fight this thing, uh, you're going to have fun staying poor. Good luck. You're going to lose your election because a lot of people are more and more people are holding Bitcoin. Or you join and you benefit financially from it. However, the power that you enjoyed for so long is going to be severely diminished. And the world is going to be a better place for it. But you know, and to use Kaiser's own words, you know a lot of these egomaniacs they're not about that. They they enjoy the power. They enjoy this crazy notion that I know what's better over millions of people making their own decisions, right? And that's, so you and know that's a lot the, of these people, yeah. And actually calling, you know, the amount of pods I've been on and studied and probably the same as yourself and, you know, the ones that you run and everything else, you know, for them to call us psychopaths, I mean, probably most some of the most level-headed common sense critical deep thinkers the world's ever seen that are you know bitcoiners it's like so they they it almost seems to me like they are just literally spewing out any narrative they can right now to discredit bitcoin and bitcoiners because they're scared they know i think they know they've lost the fight already i i 100 agree but don't underestimate the length to what these people will go to. Right now, there's a very, very strong, powerful social attack on Bitcoin. It's the whole, which, look, this idea that the world needs to consume less energy is absolutely bonkers to me. Yes. There's a direct correlation with the amount of prosperity humanity has 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 achieved and the amount of energy that humanity has been able to capture it's a direct correlation so if you lose less energy more poverty less health it's 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 just it's just bad right I know. um yeah. so and they're they've successfully incepted a lot of the population with this very strong narrative that hey using a lot of energy is bad but not only that 
Bitcoin using a lot of energy is a bad thing, but they don't mention the nuance. They'll say, hey, Bitcoin uses as much energy as the country of Denmark. What they don't mention, what they fail to mention is what type of energy is Bitcoin using? Bitcoin is using stranded. more stranded energy, correct? And Bitcoin's using more sustainable energy in terms of the percentage of energy that Bitcoin or electricity, you better said that, that Bitcoin uses, the percentage of that electricity it, the majority of it is generated by renewable resources. If you look at just the the banking or just the regular society, it's around 20%. So Bitcoin is more green. Less than 1%, and, isn't it? 200 megawatt hours, I think Darren Feinstein said, out of 160,000. It's insane. It's using 0.1% <laughs> of the world's energy. It's using energy that was stranded, meaning it was energy that was already going to waste. Yeah. And it's such a small, minuscule percentage of the total energy usage but they're treating it as if it was like 30 percent. so it makes you it makes you question are these people really concerned about the climate because at the beginning i gave them the benefit of the doubt but when i saw the global coordination and they advocate for proof of stake which is conveniently a system that they can control then you start to come to the very obvious conclusion that no it's not about the climate this is 100% about control. Yep. It scares the crap out of them. Yep. They can't control this thing. They can't control people through monetary policy. Therefore, it must be killed. It's the World Economic Forum. It's left-wing politicians in Europe. It's left-wing politicians in the United States. It's like they're all using the same language, right? Hey, um, it, uh, Bitcoin, uh, um, Bitcoin energy usage bad. Proof of stake good. And now the the ironic part and the part that you know is extremely disheartening to me is that supposedly the left-wing parties are about the 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 underprivileged individual, the unbanked person, the the poor people. And it's like Bitcoin helps them the most. I know, and they're trying to stop it. <laughs> and it's like what like and then it begs the question, like have these people just wanted power the entire time? And I'm still on the fence about that. I refuse to believe that. I really do. Because that would be very, very that would I would be so disillusioned. You know, um, so I'm still I still don't know. I still don't have enough data to come to that conclusion. But it's a very it's a very alarming pattern that the people that are most fighting Bitcoin are left wing politicians and the people that are most embracing Bitcoin are right wing politicians. And I would hate Bitcoin to become a partisan issue because it's not a partisan issue. It helps both causes. Yeah. It helps the debanked. It helps the underprivileged. And it helps the right in terms of sovereignty. Leave me alone. Right. So it, it helps both sides. But for some reason, the left politicians, not all of them, it's not black and white. There's there's definitely a couple right wing as well that hate it. But it, it, it's like they, they they're attacking it viciously. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, isn't this what you wanted the entire time? So I'm like, I'm like, is it is it really did they really want inclusion Did they really want uh, people to be banked or was it a whole grift for power the entire time? I don't know. I haven't come to that conclusion yet, but it, I'll say I'll, I'll tell you something. It's extremely disheartening. Yeah, no, no, I get that. In fact, you know, if I check um, how I feel, that makes me feel the same because I, you know, while I can't put it into words like you, I feel that Bitcoin can make a better world. And a better world for all those people that are not banked around the world um, as a starting point. And all they want to do is stop it and kill it and do everything to discredit it, which in turn then 
does all those people a massive disservice. And, you know, I was fortunate. I had uh, Lord Fusitur of Tonga come on my show and I interviewed him several months ago. And he was saying that instantly, you know, we've just used, started using the, the, the lightning payment rails and we're sending 100% of our remittances out of Tonga back to Tonga and they're getting 100% of it instead of 60% of it. So it's doing so much good out there. And yet we're in this, I think we're in this real battle with nation states that are not going to go down with a fight. And of course, they got they got money and guns, you know, and when they're losing control, you know, we've seen throughout history what they will do to maintain that control. So, you know, as we sort of pull this together, um, uh, firstly, um, Narwhal Tacos. I just watched Nico's other channel, then see him here. He's clearly a clone. <laughs> No, uh, now, well, this is live and Nico's with me and we're chatting live. Um, so let, let's sort of pull this together. What what do you see happening? OK, so we're hearing about the 2020s are going to be awful with the economy and inflation and everything else and stagflation and all that stuff that I don't fully get and understand. How do you see this decade playing out? Do you see a point? I mean, we keep hearing about you know, getting people over to the other side. You know, we need to get people across the bridge to the other side. You know, do you think that's going to be messy? Do you think there's a chance that the, the, they could kick the can down the road so Bitcoin can grow more and we can get more people across the other side and then there'll be a general, you know, a nice orderly transition? How do you think that might play out for the future? Yeah. So uh, first, let me address the live thing. So um, I, I so our show is edited. Simply Bitcoin's edited. Um, so it's produced, meaning it would be impossible to have the same amount of production and the same quality doing it live. So we yeah. pre-record the night before and then we release, which is why you're probably confused because you see a premiere and you're like, wait a second, I'm seeing him <laughs> on two screens. That's what's going on. We premiere yeah. the show. So it's it's a live premiere, meaning we're in the chat. We're, we, you know, we're communicating with you guys. It was recorded the earlier. Show, the show was recorded earlier. There you um, go. No, well, hope now, that helps. Right. <laughs> now, in terms of, of what you mentioned, um, so I actually tweeted about this. Um, and to my surprise, the tweet did very well. And... Uh, so paraphrasing here and essentially i said what doesn't i know we will win but what keeps me up at night is the transition yep. and the reason that i said it, it did very well is because obviously a lot of people are having these thoughts now if you look at history whenever you have these crazy moments in history some people call it the fourth turning Mark yeah. Moss is very plugged in into this. He's a great guy. And, you know, he calls it the 250-year cycle. Some people call it an 80-year cycle. Yeah. We are in a crux where those cycles are happening on top of each other. So we are at a, a, a crossroads right now. Um, and I think that this whole decade is going to be extremely tumultuous. Now, if you look at history, these transitions are extremely painful. People get left behind especially people that benefit from the legacy financial system, whether you're on fixed income, whether you're in retirement, whether and you are essentially saving in the legacy financial system, you're going to get absolutely screwed. Like mm. just it's the way it's the way it is. Now, the good news is if you decide to take action, if you decide to take responsibility, you could buy Bitcoin, buy yourself insurance and if and when this happens, I believe it does, right? But again, you never know the future, right? Um, when the music stops, you're going to have a chair to sit on, yeah, right? Um, 
And our responsibility as Bitcoiners um, is to get as many people on the lifeboats before that happens. We can't save them all, but we could do our best, right? And I think both of us kind of dedicate a good amount of time into doing so. You with your show, we, me with my show. Um, so it's it's you know it's 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 absolutely, and I think it's it's a responsibility yeah. for Bitcoiners, right? That's you're, how I you're, feel. You're, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, you're kind of privileged to, you know, benefit from the network, benefit from the network effect and its growth and NGU technology doing its thing. Bitcoin is designed to go up, right? So, you know, the earlier you get in or the longer you've been in, the more financially it's going to benefit you. That's just the reality of it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's about waking people up and it's about showing people that there's a better system because unfortunately the global consciousness is still on a fiat standard. Right. So it's nihilistic. It's depressed about the future. It constantly has to work harder for the same paycheck. But that paycheck is stealing from them. What I've noticed with Bitcoin is is deterministic optimism. Like it's because it's designed to go up. The longer you save, you're rewarded for that saving. Actually, you're incentivized not to spend and save longer because of how painful it is every time you spend Bitcoin. So it's, it's a beautiful system. And the hard part, and from my experience, and I mentioned this earlier, is, which is literally why I started right off the bat, I went straight into Bitcoin. I can't emphasize how important the getting, how difficult it is getting out of the fiat system. Yep. Because the movie The Matrix, when Neo's plugged in and, and Morpheus gives him a talk like, hey, listen, we don't unplug people after a certain age. Because they're so accustomed to banking they're so accustomed to someone custodying your money someone custodying your wealth when you kind of shock them into this a lot of people don't react very well and the tragedy of this is that if you come from the leg if you come from a country that benefits from the legacy financial system that has a stable fiat currency meaning it doesn't steal from you a lot it steals from you ever so slightly so you don't notice uh you it gives you a false sense of security yeah right yeah. you're on sands but it gives you a false sense that oh everything's going to be fine so those people are the most difficult to convince because those are the people that like this is bad for the climate this is not thing you know they have all these luxuries that they don't see the necessity of this and by the time they see the necessity of this it's already too late yeah. so yeah we just have to keep fighting you know peacefully of course fighting with our with our words better said well I think um, the 2020s are going to be a bit tumultuous. I think we're going to need mega strong hands, which is sort of the ethos of my show. Build that strong hand. Um, you know, you've only got to look at what's happened to the price a couple of grand down, you know. And if you're new to all of this and you don't understand what's going on, that is it. You freaked out, you sell out. And of course, weak hands sell out. And then more weak hands think, I'm going to get out before it goes down much further. And all of a sudden you get some capitulation. But the beautiful thing is, and I want people to understand this, is as these weak hands sell out, the strong hands are buying up this Bitcoin. And if you, whoever you are watching this channel right now, can understand that and mop up Bitcoin when it is on sale. You know, only a couple of months ago, I was talking about one Bitcoin, you know, um, um, one, $1 getting you 1,900 sats. It's now 2,600 and something. So when you change your mindset... You, you're excited when the price goes up, but you're excited when it goes down because it means you can get more sats for your dollar stroke pound. So 
I personally believe that it's going to be a bit of a, a, a rocky um, decade. But I believe that those that embrace Bitcoin, learn about it, understand why governments do and how they push back against it because they're losing control. As Nico has talked throughout this um, this uh, conversation, I think those people that wake up, um, they are getting across onto what I call the arc. So, Nico, thank you for joining me. Um, anything you want to say to my audience, anything you want to plug? Obviously, um, I've got, got a link to your Twitter in my show notes already. Um, obviously, that'll have your bitvault.com website there and Simply Bitcoin YouTube. Simply Bitcoin TV is there, I believe. I've written them all down above me. Anything you want to say to the audience, any advice you want to give them as a hardened six-year Bitcoiner, um, the floor's yours. Yeah. Um, so uh, I appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Um, it, look, it, it's going to get dark uh, before it gets better. Uh, they're going to throw everything they can at us. Um, it's just important that in this time you don't stop stacking, that you just keep buying Bitcoin and you treat all that as noise, uh, regardless of the price and take self-custody. I can't emphasize how important that is. If you have Bitcoin on exchange, it belongs to the government. They just haven't yeah. told you yet. Yep. It's only when you take self-custody that you really own that Bitcoin. And if we want to win this, that's how you win. If enough people do it, no matter what they do, we win. If enough people take self-custody, we win. That's how it works, right? They, yep. They'll try everything. They could ban it, whatever. It's like, okay, people will just transact with each other. Like, yep. what are they going to do? <laughs> just switch off the internet? <laughs> it's like, but then we have satellites. So it, it's like, it, 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 they could, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try. So that's my only piece of advice. I think it's going to get very scary before it gets better. Well, off the back of that, um, I watched a pod yesterday and they were saying we've really got to push a narrative. All of us get your coins off exchanges, because at some point when this thing does go parabolic, there's a lot of them that are going to fail. Um, it's yep. going to show who's, you know, doing the fractional reserve bit, who's, you know, doing all that stuff or whatever it's called, rehypothecating and all the rest of it. They um, all are. They, so, they, all of them are. They, all of them don't have as much Bitcoin as they say they do. They, no. it, the incentive is too strong to not do that. So, it, it, again, you, and it's you only know that you have the Bitcoin that you do is when you take self-custody. And ideally, I know this is a little complex. You want to run your own node. But if you take self-custody and you don't want to run your own, that's okay. Running your own node has some, you know, it, it's good for privacy. It's good for a little a sovereignty. But in terms of, of, of personal ownership of your wealth, self-custody is all you need to do. And yeah. it's pretty easy to learn how to do nowadays with all the content out there. Well, I was I freaked out to get my node set up. I had a great guy to help me and it's running in the corner and I forget it's there and it's it's just mm -hmm. beautiful because I'm I'm helping the network. I know that I'm a node of tens of hundreds of thousands around the world supporting the Bitcoin network as well as giving myself my privacy uh, and everything else. Nico, thank you for joining me. If you can just hold there uh, with me, I always like to finish up with a quote. So people, here's one I found earlier. 20 years from now, and this is re uh, relative to Bitcoin, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the things you did do. You'll be more disappointed by the Bitcoin, by the sats you did not buy because of everything you were hearing out there in the media, buying into it, etc. You'll be more disappointed by not stacking and building your stack than you ever will be if you get on and build your stack. And it's so simple. DCA, set it up automatically every payday. I've got Dave Shackelford from Phoenix in the house. He DCAs every hour. 
He's got it down to a fine art. It's just absolutely sweet. I don't think we've got anything like that currently here in the UK that allows us to do that. But um, there you go. People, please retweet the show. Um, Please go back into the comments section after the show is finished and leave a comment that then messes with YouTube's algorithm. Um, I would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on the podcast, please share me where you're listening. This is going to go up later on BitChute. Um, um, Nico, I'll, I'll tag you in. So if you see it, maybe you can retweet it. I'd appreciate that. Um, but for now, people, that is it. That is your UK Bitcoin Master live interview for today, the 5th of May, 2022. I'll be back on Monday, 6pm London, as always, with my regular show. I've got a cracking video that we're going to pull apart and dissect, so you won't want to miss uh, that one. Zaza, good to see you in the house. I didn't think you were sticking around. Great to know you're there, dude. Um, Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, people. Have a superb weekend, whatever you're doing. Come and join me on Monday um, and we'll talk some seriously bullish Bitcoin. I'm going to leave you with my social media links. Nico, I'll catch you on the other side. Once again, really appreciate you being my guest. Catch you in a minute.